Source City is hosting the U.S. Coffee Championships this weekend. Competitors from all over the country are packing into the Oregon Convention Center to compete for various titles such as Best Latte Art or Best Roaster. But the most well-known and sought-after trophy is for that of Best Barista in the country. And last year, Portland's own Morgan Eckroth took that honor, the first Portland barista to do so. So today on CityCast Portland, we're cheering Morgan on by sharing our chat with them from earlier this year. It's a great primer if you've never heard of our TikTok famous barista champ or didn't know that coffee championships were even a thing. It's Thursday, April 20th. I'm Claudia Meza, and this is what Portland's talking about. What do you remember about what got you into coffee in the first place? Because this is your entire life. Like Morgan drinks coffee. That's your whole brand. That's your business. That's your full-time job. What got you into the coffee? Yeah. So I was kind of a, a late bloomer with coffee. I didn't drink it growing up. And so my first experience with it was when I turned 16. I ended up stopping by a coffee shop purely out of curiosity, like walked in, of course, had no idea what I was ordering. I think I just like picked something off the menu and being like, I don't know what it is, but I love this space. Like it was this combination of being surrounded by creative people. You have like the people on their laptops on the back bar, and then you have people meeting up with friends or people reading or writing in the corner. And it was just this very idyllic experience all while these baristas were making these very like high level drinks. And it just sparked some curiosity. And at the time I wasn't able to pinpoint it down, but as I've grown older and like thought back to it a lot, I think it really was this concept that drew me into it where it's like, it's not your work, it's not your home, but it's this third meeting place that feels as comfortable as those other two. And that's really kept me stuck with coffee. Like I I've taken off my rose-colored glasses about a lot of things as I've grown up, but for some reason, like, that still is so special to me. But what makes coffee culture so special in Portland? I think one of the most special things about Portland is the quantity of coffee here and also the passion for coffee that exists here. You can walk pretty much down any major city block and probably find one, if not two or more coffee shops run by people who are passionate and who care about hospitality. And it is incredible to have that density of excellence existing all within one city. Something else that I think is really special is how many people are baristas here. It kind of ties into that. But hospitality is such a a core part of like Portland's culture, whether it's from like the food side or like the drink side or the coffee side. And I think that's pretty incredible because you can go most places and have really excellent food and drink and also really excellent service. Now that I've asked for the positive, I'm going to ask you (laughs) to do a little on the like, what do you hate about it? Some introspection. (laughs) The main, if I had to pick one thing, and it's it's a problem that's pervasive throughout like an industry wide thing, um, is wages and treatment of baristas. It's a wonderful, amazing job. And there are so many people who are so passionate about it. But being a barista is a really hard thing to do full time from a financial perspective. People being underpaid or unpaid fairly, not receiving proper benefits. There's just so many parts of it. Let's back it up a little bit because you live such an interesting life. You are a barista. You actually do work at a shop. You've won competitions, which we're going to get into. 
But also, you are kind of a celebrity with over 5 million <laughs> followers on TikTok. Tell me, like, what has that path been like for you? Yeah. From making coffee, loving it, and to being this, like, TikTok content maker. <laughs> I've always been super interested in social media. I was also really interested in what I didn't know was content production at the time by how people consume things online and then also how to create things to put online that people will enjoy. So there was that aspect of me. And then there was also the part that wanted to be a barista. And I started working as a barista. It was like a part-time college job. I was getting a marketing degree at the same time. And then in early 2019, I got on this app called TikTok. TikTok, you say? What is this app? This (laughs) this strange little app that popped up around that time. Uh, But I got on there and I was just a consumer for a while. I just like watched videos and really enjoyed it. And I hadn't really dipped my toes that far into ever putting out content with the intention of being a content creator. But I said it as like a challenge to myself. I think I could do well on this app. I very quickly started combining my work as a barista and TikTok together because it just made sense. I was at work all the time. Um, Wait, what made you go silent? Because that's another part of oh, your yeah. videos that I think are, is really interesting is whenever I do hear you speak, it's a little disorienting. It's very startling, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Um, off the bat, it started as me just being like nervous to speak. I didn't really know how to speak on camera at that time, but I did know how to like kind of pantomime what I was doing. And so a lot of it comes from an accessibility standpoint. Mm -hmm. Um, I want my videos to be as accessible to everyone as possible. And for me personally, I've found that that works best when I can create little vignettes that don't rely on what's being said. I try my best to communicate mostly through like actions and like kind of visual emotions. It's like old school movies. I love it. Your little (laughs) slice of life. (laughs) I do my best to create a balance. You know, one of my goals with like my content is to like accurately portray what my experience as a barista has been. And there are so many wonderful, amazing parts of it that I want to highlight. But then there's also like the really silly parts. And those parts are as real as the good parts. And so it's kind of this like balance of celebrating a job that isn't always awesome. But at the end of the day, I love it. Okay, we're going to take a little break. And when we come back, let's hear about what really goes on at these barista championships. So uh, this year has been pretty, a pretty big year for you. You won two championships. You've won the U.S. Coffee Championship. Yes. And you're the only Portland champ, which is fantastic. Thank you for doing that for us. Because <laughs> Seattle's done it like, I don't know, a gajillion times. And I was counting Power and I was like, turn. Oh. I, know. I was like, again? <laughs> <laughs> Portland needs its little moment, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so then that naturally entered you into the World Barista Championship, which has yeah. been happening for like, decades. And only two Americans have won it. And you were runner up? Runner up. Yes, I wish I'd won it. (laughs) That is huge. I've always been kind of interested in these barista like championships, sort of the same way that I've been interested in like sommeliers and how they do things. Because to me, it's very similar. They're very comparable. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's also just like what they're putting you through is insane. You're like, this is a drink. Like, what are they doing? And it's like, (laughs) oh, it's it gets worse. (laughs) So what goes into the competition? Like, what are you trying, especially compared to, like, the U.S. 
championship to the world championship like i'm wondering if it prepared you for the world championship or if, if it was completely different yeah so they have very similar formats to them barista championships exist all over the world many many different countries hold them the goal of barista championships at all levels is to select an ambassador that is representative for the coffee industry and for like baristas as like a job slash career. And what they do is they've put together a competition that is geared towards highlighting a lot of the skills that go into your job as a barista, but kind of taking them to the next level. Because if you've watched barista routines, you know they don't necessarily look like what you're going to experience in a cafe, but it's like a very like... It's like a TED Talk. It's like, yeah, it's like a magnified version of it. So it's a 15-minute routine. You are presenting a panel of sensory judges, a theme, and a very like memorized and written out script. So you're giving them tasting notes, and you're also giving them tactile calls, which is like, what is the weight of the coffee in your mouth? What is the texture? Is it juicy? Is it dry? Like those sorts of things. And the judges will score you essentially based on the accuracy of those tasting calls. So that's the core of the point system. And then you also have technical judges who are hovering behind you, watching things like cleanliness and workflow. And I'm going to pause you there. They're not just hovering. They're they like are, they are in, your, in your face. Like I couldn't, <laughs> I, I don't know how you kept your grace and remembered all your words. They are very well trained. You know, honestly, as invasive as it can look from an audience perspective for me on the stage i don't even notice them like they oh, are wow. so good at their jobs that they are just out of your line of sight where it's not a problem but they're still able to capture all the information they need it's it's a very cool skill to have i've always been really jealous of people who can drink these fancy milk coffee drinks because my body rejects milk like me too really the amount of lactate i take during competition season is oh. incredible <laughs> Morgan, this is what the entire interview should be about, is how you survived. It does feel like survival. That's a good word. Yeah, no, it is. I was going to say, like, my body rejects milk with the same fervor that, I don't know, like a Pentecostal, like, revival <laughs> rejects the devil. I wish I could drink it. I really do. It's delicious. But my body does not love it. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> wow. That was like our plot twist. That was <laughs> Secretly lactose sensitive. Yeah. <laughs> what was your showstopper? The signature beverage that I served at the World Barista Championship was kind of a take on a coffee cream soda. So we had the espresso that we were serving from the coffee we were highlighting. We had multiple different types of citrus. Both of the citrus juices we used tied back into Colombia, which is where my coffee is from. We used freeze-distilled milk, which is essentially just a very, very, very high-fat content milk. So it's similar to half and half. We used that inside it. It was chilled. It also had like a simple syrup in there. And then that was all carbonated in this really cool like cocktail carbonation system called a perlini. Um, so it ended up being carbonated and yet like really creamy and rich. And then we garnished it with orange blossom water and uh, star anise tea. And so it created this really cool like aromatic experience of these just intense florals. And then underneath was this sweet effervescent creamy coffee cocktail. And it was very tasty. That sounds awesome. Well, could you make that with an oat milk? It would just ruin everything. <laughs> just you, I bet you could make it work. I also think you could use potentially like coconut cream oh. as like a substitute. Like it would taste different, but texture wise, it'd be similar. Yeah. So you're still working as a barista. Like what's it like working your barista job and having all this very <laughs> niche fame? It's it's very, yes. It's uh, I, I really picked myself a corner to <laughs> find a way in. <laughs> Um, I do get recognized on occasion while working shifts. I feel very blessed to work a job that 
people like want to say hello to me because of like, that's a, a very cool thing that I don't take for granted. That being said, like when I'm working as a barista, I am clocked in just like everyone else is there. I have a shift to work. You know, it's a very like normal everyday experience, but it also is such a treat to be able to like have people come in and be able to like make them coffee because that's what I love doing. And to be able to do it to people um, who it might mean a little bit more to is a very cool thing. I mean, coffee culture does have just that bit of like hipster elitism, And I feel like that's not your work. Those aren't your videos. What is it that you're trying to do that's different uh, than the cliched, let, let's say, beanie hipster Portland barista. Yeah, I think a lot of my content, especially early on, could be perceived as that, you know, even if my intentions are good in like kind of celebrating this job. There are definitely times in the past where I think I've like not taken the right tone and, you know, whatever. Ultimately, though, I think a lot of those kind of claims to like pretentiousness or like the the hipster barista stereotype come from a knowledge gap that just exists between some baristas and some consumers. In specialty coffee, we are often trained with extensive knowledge about the science and the the supply chain behind this coffee. And so they are coming at it from a very high level, whereas you have consumers who, and not to any fault of their own, but might not have that same knowledge base. And so with a lot of my content, my goal was to hopefully bridge that gap, if not a little bit, or at least push people in the right direction. Because ultimately, the goal is always like the betterment of the coffee industry. And if we aren't able to explain why we as professionals care about coffee to other people, and we if we aren't able to meet them where they are, then I think it'll be very hard to progress forward. So a lot of my content, a lot of my goals, especially nowadays, are just figuring out where, for lack of a better word, the general public is and figuring out how I can kind of start them on this journey of like, hey, I want to like teach you why I love this thing so much, um, but you're over here and I'm over here. So let's figure out how we get you from point A to point B. Well, Morgan, thank you. I appreciate you taking the time to speak to us. Thank you for having me. You can follow Morgan on most platforms using her handle, at Morgan Drinks Coffee. We'll throw a link to her videos in the show notes. And now it's time for your microdose of news. New Oregon state regulations are harshing mellows at cannabis farms. The state is now requiring cannabis to be tested for aspergillus, which is a very common mold that most people can safely breathe every day although it could be dangerous for those who are severely immunocompromised. The cannabis industry is concerned that these new safety standards could lead to a significant increase in cannabis crops failing testing. And yesterday, we passed along REI's official statement that their store closure in the Pearl District was due to crime. But Oregon Business is now reporting that workers are offering another possible motive. According to one account, Worker conditions got so bad after hours were severely cut that a food pantry was installed inside a store's office because workers were showing up to shifts hungry. For even more local news and events, sign up for our daily newsletter, Hey Portland. We'll throw a link in the show notes. That's all we have for you today here on CityCast Portland. We'll be back tomorrow with more from around the city. Until then... See you at Slim's. Mm -hmm.